This week, um, we've been at a, a time away with a whole lot of guys from all over the world. Um, but for me, the most important part was I had time to, to hear what Jesus had to say to me. And I was really challenged because for me, one of the very basic things in our walk with the Lord is faith. But you know what? A lot of us have allowed ourselves to get to the place where we're no longer actually trusting God the way that he wants us to. What does faith say? Faith says, I believe, so therefore I receive. Most of us want to first receive and then we'll believe. Isn't that true? We, we, we want the easy way out. We, we, we don't want to go through that period where we've got to trust God and we, we, Lord, this is what your word said. We just want to jump to the end. And I've been so stretched this last week. It wasn't anything anybody else said. It was just God putting his finger on this thing in my life. Roland, your faith. Do you know that you are saved by faith? Without faith, you're not saved. Because you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, and you are saved. It's by faith. There's nothing you've done to earn that. Romans 10, 9, it just says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it was with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's why Jesus says, if, if you don't confess me before people, I won't hold you up before the Father. You've got to profess because it's part of your heart. It's part of who you are. So this evening, I want, to, I want to have a look at something. I've got this thing. I didn't do it this morning, so all you guys that have come tonight, you're getting a bonus. Um, I've got this thing about we, we got this journey that we travel through in life. We start in one place and we finish in another. Nice shoes there, Tracy. Uh, uh, and so... What we can do is we can look at the Israelites. They started in Egypt. They went through the desert and into Canaan. So it's like that in our walk. When we're in Egypt, we're not saved. Before we come to a place of confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord, we are in Egypt. And so in Egypt, there's no God. Then you get saved and you, Jesus Christ is Lord, and you jump over into the desert. In the desert, in there, there's no God. In the desert, there's a God of just enough. Just enough food for one day. Just enough water for one day. Just the God of just enough. And you know what? Most of us actually spend our life in the desert with the God of just enough because we're coping there. You see, in the desert, they had the Holy Spirit. 
They had his protection. They had his provision. And if you say to Christians, if you've got his protection, provision, and presence, will you be happy with that? And most of them, yes, but you're still in the desert. You see, he wants to take you from where God is just enough into Canaan, where God is more than enough. Why does he want you there? Because it's more than what you need and you're able to meet others' needs. More than enough. And so we've, we've got this journey of faith that we, we have to take. And, and I got to the place where, where I was like, you know, you just take God for granted. And like, you know, after a, a, drip, a triple bypass and being told you bipolar and all sorts of things, you start to like, ugh. No. We don't have to do that. We don't have to go down that road. We don't, I don't have to stay in that desert anymore. And we need to see it as a desert, not as Canaan. Where we've got, just got enough. Where you can't help others. Where you can't uh, see people getting healed when you pray for them. When you can't hear God. You've got just enough for you. But when you move into that place where you've got more than enough, when you can begin to pray for others and, and see others get touched and healed, and you begin to prophesy and you see people's lives get changed, for me, that's when we're starting to walk in faith again. Like these prophetic words that came tonight, for me, the most important part of that prophetic word is the feedback that I get from you guys. How did that change your life? How did that cause you to think differently? Or is it just somebody standing up at the front wasting some time and then we can get on with this? The prophetic needs to change our life. It needs to impact us. There needs to be adjustments that take place. And that will only take place when you're walking in faith. If I don't believe that the prophetic word that Andre brought was correct, I don't respond to it. But you know what? If it is God speaking and I don't listen, I'm losing out on what God has for us. Tian wasn't there today. Come stand here, call here. Uh, Vince, can you bring Jordan, please? My example is getting even better now. Yeah, I'll leave your jacket. You're not going to be there long. I just want to say this, then I'm going to show you. The product is better than the promise. Guys, this is still the product. I'm not going to touch it. Ten will hit me. This is the, the promise. That's the product. And so many of us, okay, you can sit down, guys. There's so many of us that just settle for the promise. God promised me this. But you don't push in and get a hold of the product that God has for you. A lot of us, we only believe after we've received. We actually got to do it the other way around. We got to receive it, we got to believe. And then receive. 
You know what? There, there was a, I've been around a long time. I'm 61 this year. That's amazing, eh? I am, eh? But we've, we've, been, we've, we've been saved, or she's been saved 40 years this year. I've been saved 39 years. I got saved three months before we got married, and we married for 39 years this year. We've been through a lot of things in the church. We've seen the prosperity message, which, which killed faith, because now you mustn't have faith for things that are... That we can't have. I don't know who determines what we can't have. But anyway. I told him this morning the amazing thing. I had this thing of faith. And in and, and, and this thing of faith, people always get Mercedes Benzes. God gave us one. Didn't ask for it. Patsy used to drive a Uno around. The car came. He came to the church and he said, you can't drive that car. It's dangerous. I'm giving you a car. He gave her a Merc. So actually he gave it to her. You're the sinner, not me. <laughs> you see, once you get into that place of faith, all the things around you begin to, to happen in the way that God intends them to happen. I laughed so much. I was with a friend of mine this week. We stayed at his house. And he says, Roland, do you want to lose weight? So I said, we all want to lose weight all the time. He said, I've got a fruit that you need to eat. If you eat this fruit, you'll lose weight. So I said, what's the fruit? He said, self-control. <laughs> yes. They all thought, hey, I'm going to rush out and buy this fruit tomorrow. <laughs> That's what I was thinking with him too. Yo. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. First of all, that's what faith is about. And that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And you know what? There's nothing better than just getting into God's Word and spending some time in prayer. And then God just drops something in your spirit. Like, wow. God, you are amazing. And then you try and tell somebody else and you can't even get it, the, get it the right way around what it should be and whatnot because it was for you. It was for his glory, for you, not for somebody else in your glory. Impossible to please God. I was telling the guys this morning as well. I had a son, he was about seven or eight and I bought this Opal Cadet, brand new. I bought this Opal Cadet, and the car got dirty. And my, my boys, they always want to please their dad. So I don't know how it happened. But anyway, I walked outside, and I saw my new car full of scratches and my son standing with a scar in his hand. You know what? When we do those things, God smiles at us. He's got lots of cars anyway. I only had one. <laughs> but you know what? I, I had to just, it, it blessed me. Even though it hurt me, it blessed me. <laughs> you heard comments, you must enjoy suffering. 
And that's suffering. Let me tell you, when your car gets scarred, it's suffering. <laughs> Nevertheless, they never ever washed my car again. We must want to please God. We, we please Him because of faith. So, do you want to please God? Or do we sit here on a Sunday and oh, no, I don't really want to please God? I, I've got nothing else to do. I'm a real nerd. I'm on a Sunday. Uh, I haven't even got a TV I can watch, so I go to church instead. And even then, the power's out, so I can't even look what they're doing in the front. Are you like that? Or do you come here? God, what are you going to do? I'm. Full of faith. What are you going to say today? What are you, you going to do? Are you going to change something? Are you going to heal someone? When did you last pray and somebody was healed? You're looking at me. Blink. And then I'll know if you've... When did you last pray for someone and they got healed? Or... Maybe the question should actually be, when did you last pray for someone? So, I was going over my notes and that, ooh, this is presence of the Holy Spirit. No. Um, no, I'm not playing with God. He plays with me. Um, I was sitting last night and I was going through my notes and I said to, I said to Patty, hey, you know what, eh? The, the power's out tomorrow morning. This is not going to be what we would like it to be. So then we jumped up this morning. We were praying. Patty says, the power's on. Yes. You got it half right, yeah, but just pray harder next time. <laughs> it was so funny because Lindy is probably like the most prepared person that I know Oh, man, I got there and the power was on. She's normally there like at 6 o'clock. Oh, I overslept at 20 past 7. I got there and the power was on. Oh, dear. The power was on. Guys, our faith, it says that our faith needs to be like a child. You know what? We've made it so difficult and so hard to understand. There's a story, I don't know if you, any of you guys know, do you, do you guys know who Peter Pan was? He's a little oak that flies around. When they, when they first opened the show, I don't know where it was, on Broadway, I think, there, you know the children that flew around with him, the darling children. So Peter Pan was flying around and they were doing all these things and uh, they suddenly had this report of a whole lot of children that were breaking their arms and legs. They were trying to fly. They had seen Peter Pan and the children fly and they wanted to fly. So they had to bring out another ingredient. You needed to have fairy dust, otherwise you couldn't fly. We need childlike faith. You know what that says? Hey, you, is your ear sore? Come here, let me pray for you. Pray for your ear. My granddaughter, she's a walking 
miracle person. She prays all the time and people get healed all the time. I'm like, I lead the church, not you. She calls me Gumpy. But Gumpy, if you won't pray, then I'll pray. Okay, I'll pray then. Mark 10, 15, it says, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You know what? In our society that we live today, it's so fast-paced and things are, we're having to make decisions all the time. Anything that's too simple and childlike, it, it must be wrong. Can't be right. I love it when you see guys, they're just unflustered. Rob's a bit like this for me. He's like, he doesn't get fl- he might get flustered inside, but on the outside, he's like, yeah, <laughs> can do that now. And then he goes from that to jumping up and down, going crazy for the Lord. We live in a flustered society. We, today, many of our faith is actually a burden instead of the freedom and joy that it should bring in our life. God designed it to be simple. We need to distinguish between the world's faith and the church's faith. Because the world's faith says, you can sit on that chair because it will hold you up. That's the world's faith. It, 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 It works in logic. If you... There's a law of lift, and there's a law of gravity. When the law of lift is stronger than the law of gravity, then the airplane will take off. But until it reaches that point, it won't take off. You all know, you all know about how airplane works, eh? With the wing and the... Oh, he used to be in there. There's religious faith. That you put your faith uh, in Buddhism or any belief system. You know what? Even the church. But when you scratch a little bit and you look, it's always based on what you do. Not on whose you are. When you see, if you get into a church and it's about this and that, I'm Patty's sister and her husband are JWs. Our best arguments we ever had there. But anyway, um, theirs is all about what they can do. So many hours out there speaking to people, so many hours over there building buildings. But boy, they work at what they do. Even fasting in the church. Let's fast. You know what? If God doesn't tell me I'm not fasting, Because you can't twist God's arm by fasting. You better hear that you need to fast. Then you fast. And fast fast. So it doesn't last too long. Then we have experiential faith. It's in John 20 and verse 25. It says, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas says, no, 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 no. But he said to him, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. There are many Christians today 
And I'm narrowing it down now. I'm not even talking about those that are not Christians. There are many today that will not believe until they have seen. Whereas if you will believe, you will see. Many people want to receive first. And then believe they've got it. No, come on, guys. We, we, we have to believe first, then you will receive. You know what? It won't always happen the way that you want it to. That's where the guys went wrong when they talked about faith in the old days. It was, if you do this and then you do that, if A plus B plus C will equal D. And normally D was a lot of money or a fancy car or something like that. But you know what? Those guys... When I was around, they were getting older already. I saw miraculous things happen with those guys. They had laid hands on people that were busy dying. And they got healed. I remember a story of a guy that brought his son to a Reinhard Bonker crusade in a wheelbarrow. He was dead. He'd been dead for a few days. And he brought it to... The crusade. And Ronald Bonke just stood there. And as he began to pray, that dead person got up and started to run. I saw with my own eyes a guy that was one of the preachers where we came from. They were having a healing crusade. And this was the first time I'd ever met this guy. But the, this lady came walking in the, in the back with her little child. He was like, he, they reckon he'd be he'll be dead in a few days. She walked up to the front. This guy put his hand on her. And the next minute, that kid just out of her arms, down the... What's that? Is that the devil? I don't think so. You know what a lot of us... Are, this includes myself, and this is where I've had to... Uh, wake myself up. We, we, we say God's word is good, but we never act on it. We say it's good. And then someone says they're sick, and they say, yes, a discipline. Intellectual faith. Intellectual faith will, I'm just jumping through here now, it will never change anything in your heart. It will never change anything in your heart. This is the sort of faith that we need. Revelation faith. Matthew 16 and verse 15. Jesus says to Peter, so who do you say I am? They've just been talking about a whole, I think it's him and I think it's... He says to Peter, who do you say I am? He says, you are Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus says to him, you only know that because my Father in heaven told you that. Not because of any man, not because of any great teacher, but because God has spoken to him. So this, this evening, if I look at you and say, who do you say Jesus is? And I think Jesus actually did it quite aggressively, like, who do you say? Don't worry, you can, I'm not picking on you. I'm trying to get the seat in the middle. Because, you know, my faith is wavering.
We need revelation faith. And guys and girls, I want to encourage you. When God drops stuff like that into your heart, do something with it. Otherwise, you'll lose it. Do it. Rise up. Do what God tells you to do. You've got leaders here to check things out with you. you you've, you've got friends. You're accountable to those that uh, all around you. Rise up. Begin to take a hold of what God has got for you. And I'll finish on this one. Supernatural faith. You know what? If you, come to the, if you had to come to the front and I pray, you and pray for you and you're sick, if God doesn't make something happen, nothing will happen. doesn't matter how much you shiver and shake, I shiver and shake, how hard I push you, how hard someone trips you so you fall down. You know what? All those things are okay. But God must be there. God must be there. Mark 11 and verse 23, it says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. Do you want a quick bit of revelation? The word mountain means unbelief. It's Oros. It's like the Oros man. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whatever you stand praying, whenever you stand praying, forgive. You know what? This thing of forgiveness is mentioned every time we talk about prayer. Forgive. Make sure that you're living in a place of having forgiven all those that have done something against you. Then there's a story of, the, of Jesus in the boat. And it says, but he, in Mark 4 and verse 38, it says, but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. They were all terrified, and he's got a pillow out, and he's like, leave me alone, man. Like my wife when I try and wake her up in the morning. It's not true, she wakes me up most times. Because I got to sleep so late. But he, he jumps up, he rebukes the wound, and he says, Why are you so afraid? Because you know what? When you're afraid, fear comes in. You become afraid when there's no faith. We have to have faith. Faith pushes back fear. Forgiveness pushes back fear. So this evening, I'm really trusting that there are some of you that are at least sick. Well, I can't pray for people that are not sick. Or can, they, can it be on credit? <laughs> First of all, maybe we can just a moment of listening now. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never, you have never said, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. I no longer want to have faith in myself, but I want to put my faith in you. If you like that this evening, I wonder if you could stick your hand up. We just want to pray for you. It's no biggie. We just want to pray for you. 
Is there anyone like that? Just stick your hand up. No one like that. Then the other thing that I felt more was, you once walked closely with the Lord. Your life was full of faith. Things were happening, and somehow you got distracted just by the life that we live. One thing I know in Josh Jen is that we're not afraid to address things that need to be addressed. So if you're here tonight, and you feel, hey, I need to pull my socks up. That's what we would have said in my day. I need to pull my socks up. God has got more for me. I wonder if, if you would stick your hand up. Is there anyone like that? Okay, well, I want you, if you guys could jump up and run to the frost front, and if you trip and fall, I'll pray for your healing. You know what, people, you make me so proud to be a part of what we're a part of. I think I need some ladies up here, Trish. Lindy, where are Okay. Coolia, just the ladies. I'll, I'll pray for the guys. <laughs> but maybe if you could just lay your hands on them and we're going to pray together and we're going to trust God. Can you come here, Linda? That God is going to come and touch these people. So right now, Lord, Holy Spirit, come right now. Come right now. If you're up at the front here and you're getting prayed for, don't you pray. You receive. Right now, Lord. Right now, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray tonight, Lord, that you would infuse these people with faith, that it would begin to bubble up and burst out everywhere because they are so full of what you have for them. I pray for that tonight, Lord. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let the rule and reign of Jesus Christ come in their lives, not through what they do and how they do it, but because they have faith in you, Lord. So I pray for their faith tonight, Lord, that you would fill them to overflowing. Fill them to overflowing, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.